1: Will the Rays be trading Wilson Ramos, Carlos Gomez, or anyone else on the roster? And are the Lightning in pursuit of Eric Carlson? And who might they have to give up to get him? The Prince is here. Jameis Winston welcomes his first child. All that and more coming up on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Steve Versnick filling in for the vacationing Rick Stroud. Still hey. on his month. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 hey. whoa Who's
1: this? Who's this? <laughs> I'm back, man. You're, what are you doing? Just taking it over? You're back.
0: I am back. Oh, I am man. back. I'm in, I'm in Tampa, Florida. Can you, or actually more specifically, Lutz, Florida? I don't know what time it is. I've, it's, it, in Hawaii, I think it is uh, probably about 4 p.m. as we do this, or so. Uh, six hours difference. It's two hours from Montana. I've been all over the world, but I am back and better than ever, baby. You guys have been holding it down, though, huh?
1: Man, yeah, so all my prep today goes out the window. You're hosting the
0: podcast? <laughs> it's, well, co-hosting as we always do, <laughs> but apparently you didn't need me. I heard you and Tom Jones were just like you know. I do get a lot of vacation. I take a lot of vacation because I get a lot of vacation. So therefore, um, we did have this uh, this this crazy uh, Cornell trip to Hawaii and then and then to Montana for the Fourth of July and then and then now I'm back, man. Who doesn't want to go uh, to
1: Montana for the Fourth of July? I mean, when I think Fourth of July,
0: I think Montana. Listen, have you been to the state of Montana? It's a beautiful state. Um, usually it's very hot. It was really hot all over the country. That was the one place in the country that it wasn't 100 degrees over the last uh, weekend. And in fact, it was cool. I mean, we had some days that didn't top 55, um, and way cool for what we're used to. I've been up there when it's been 90, but it was uh, it was it was nice. And then Fourth of July was gorgeous. It's like 75 degrees. Um, so I enjoyed uh, a little bit of respite from the heat and humidity. And apparently. Many hurricanes every afternoon at five o'clock here in Tampa Bay. I mean, I've never seen so much rain today. My goodness, we got a thunderstorm that rivaled anything uh, that 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 the hurricanes have brought us the last few years.
1: Yeah, the weather this week has been absolutely crazy. Uh, a lot of the fireworks displays either pushed back yesterday for the for July Fourth or canceled altogether. Of course, St. Pete. Wow, that was a that was a disaster. I was down at the the Rowdies game and they were announcing, "Hey, the fireworks are going to take place at nine fifteen after the game for the city of St. Pete." and then the rains came there was a delay so they, you kind of expected a delay and then cancellation cuz well the company screwed up they didn't bring enough fireworks and started too late <laughs> i hate it when that happens not
0: good it's somebody, <laughs> not good that, that'll be there last year i'm sure um we had terrific fireworks in montana by the way uh, i was the, mr debarlo Eddie debarlo my my wife works for him that's no secret uh the former owner of the 49ers and um, so he has this thing, this, this, this big, uh, uh week long celebration there at his ranch. Uh, you know, tons of people come hundreds of people he invites. And so we just, we just had a great time. They have a carnival on his site, on his ranch. It's for the kids. It's, it's just, it's craziness. And, uh, and then they always have a big entertainer. And, and when I say big, I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, Maroon five and, you know, uh, you know, acts like, uh, boys to men, Don Henley. Um, you know, just just all kinds of uh, the Commodores. You know, just and, and this time it was more of a, it was more of a friend of the family, if you will. How familiar are you with Paul Anka? A little. Remember, remember a few years ago he 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 did the uh, the Hall of Fame uh, uh, jacket ceremony. Everybody was like, "Wait a minute, Paul Anka, this guy's uh, he's pretty old, right? He's like I think he's like seventy seven years old or thereabouts." I'm okay. telling you, when I say he puts on a show, his stage presence. Of course, he was a Famous uh, crooner back in the 50s, 60s, early 60s. Um, songwriter extraordinaire. Um, sang such, such songs as Put Your Head on My Shoulder. Lonely Boy, remember mm-hmm. that? Hey there, Lonely Boy. I won't do it, but uh, Puppy Love. Uh, and then the big one that he wrote for Frank Sinatra, the only song he wrote for Sinatra, My Way. Not bad, right?
1: Uh, that's not a bad one and to he, write.
0: And he recently just did a, 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 a collaboration um, with Drake, uh, and the other famous Canadian uh, uh, songwriter, and he doesn't—he doesn't sing in the song, but they, they did uh, one of Michael Jackson's uh, hits that, uh, that 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 Paul had produced for Michael Jackson. So, yeah, he's—it uh, was interesting. It was really an, an interesting kind of kind of weekend. But since I'm back, and before we get started, let me tell you about a special offer for our listeners only, Steve. At Continental Wholesale Diamonds, make your anniversary, your engagement, or any special occasion even more breathtaking. Get this now at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. With a minimum purchase of $2,000, you will receive a five-day, four-night cruise for two to the Caribbean on us. That's just for our listeners. It includes your choice of cruise line and destination to the Caribbean. Enjoy Las Vegas-style entertainment and fine dining Make sure you let Andy know you heard it from Rick and Steve in Sports Day Tampa Bay so you get to dazzle your loved one with diamonds and then enjoy an ocean adventure cruise on us. It's just one of the special sunny getaways. So get all the details now from Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. And remember, don't waste your time at the shopping mall where they have the huge overhead, which only means a higher price for you. Continental Wholesale Diamonds provides you... With an exquisite jewelry selection, one-on-one customer service, and always at wholesale prices. That's what they're called, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's why they're easy on the pocketbook, and best of all, there is no pressure. So go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's going to pour you a nice scotch. going to help you find the perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. And they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Tell him Rick and Steve sent you. So as you were mentioning, as you were trying to uh, completely take over the podcast, uh, uh, congratulations are in order for Jameis Winston, his fiancée, Breon Allen, after the birth of their son, Antonor, whom Jameis called the prince, I guess, on Instagram. He was born June 29th and a uh, uh, very healthy-looking baby boy. So Jameis is now uh, a father. And, um, and Antonor is and named that's... after Jameis' father. That is correct, yeah that is that is his dad's name so name after his dad and um uh, this has been uh, of course long anticipated i know he's excited about being a, a first-time dad and uh, nothing i'm telling you nothing will prepare you for uh for having a child and and the responsibility that uh that that comes with it so uh that's the good news for Jameis winston there was some bad news obviously when i was away um about uh, the suspension and that you know it's uh, from from a working standpoint because people uh You know, we've been following this story for about, I don't know, seven, eight months. And I said to my wife a long time ago, I said, because we had this trip planned to Hawaii. And I said, you know, if you take the timeline of that whole investigation and all that stuff, and you said, okay, what would be the time that I would be most unavailable uh, through this whole trip? There is uh, that spot when you you travel over the Pacific Ocean where there is no Internet connection, right, on an airplane. Because nowadays... You can pretty much stay con- connected to the world even though you're at 38,000 feet. Um, but we were flying through San Francisco, and there was going to be that time when we were going to take off and fly, and that was going to be the end of it over, over the ocean. And wouldn't you know <laughs> that when uh, when the word came down, uh, and, and this is not the official word. This was uh, the story I wrote uh, along with Adam Schefter, who, well, I won't play the inside pool game, but he managed to put it up about a minute or two before I did uh, that that Jameis indeed was going to be suspended for uh, you know for three games, uh, and um, and that that was confirmed. But the league still well, it was a week later before they actually uh, announced the suspension, uh, and then we had you know of course the the response to it by Jameis and and then the response to the response which we haven't really talked about. But it it just so happened that literally my my plane our plane was was rolling to the uh, to taxi to take off from SFO. From San Francisco when I push send. <laughs> so that's
1: it's incredible. You're that supposed it would to work turn like your that. electronics off,
0: right? <clears throat> I know, I know, this is true. But I had to, I had to do my job. So uh that's the way it came down. But anyway, it's been a lot of interesting things. Now um uh of course when the when the whole you know announcement came that we we did we did a podcast and I was from Hawaii talking about those statements. Um and, and then there was subsequent news to that. Um, I think about. Uh, I'm trying to. I think trying to think of the 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 order of events, but um, I, I know there was a lot of reaction to Jameis' statement and and by fans. And I don't know. Just I mean, you were here in Tampa at the time. I was, you know, four thousand, you know, something miles away. So tell me, just what what was the what what would you take the overall take was by fans? Was it split, sort of, or
1: I think it was more uh, against Jameis, and I think. You know, we kind of discussed it that night when the news broke, particularly after he was suspended and the NFL's statement of her story was credible and consistent. Yeah. He didn't really remember much of that night. Uh, Right. You know, everything that went into it, it, you know, all along, everyone's been kind of that it's a he says, she said thing. And so you either take Jameis' side or you take her side. and, And when it comes out, it really looks like he did something not just you know, oh, she's just trying to claim it or whatever else. That I, yeah. I think the reaction was kind of surprisingly more. I don't want to say anti jameis but disappointed in him. Um, yeah, that's because a fair that's word. not that's I... not what that's not what he led people to believe, and and maybe it's because he didn't remember everything. So it's kind of hard to to say this happened or didn't if you don't really remember, but. You know, Everyone was kind of going on to the impression it was he said, she said, and there was no evidence, and that's kind of been the right. argument all along, and now it looks like the NFL thinks there was a lot of evidence and and we're pretty much, you know, convict isn't the right word, but ready to convict him. Why it was only three games I think to me is, is the surprising part of it based on their statements and, and what they've said about it. But I think, you know, there's still those – Die Hard that says there's no evidence she you know it, it, nothing should happen the Bucks got screwed in this and Jameis mm-hmm. is being screwed in this I, you know there's still some of that out there but to be honest it was more the opposite way I felt
0: a couple things about it um, it was a negotiation I mean this is sort of the first if you will um, plea bargain if you want to say that I can remember with the NFL because as we know sexual assault um, is supposed to carry a six game suspension along with domestic violence we saw that with Ezekiel Elliott. Um doesn't mean that you have to be convicted. In this case, Jameis was never even criminally charged. There's no civil suit as of yet, although I would anticipate that coming. Um, but, um, you know, I I, I know that, that this was a negotiated sort of stuff. I think Jameis wanted to get this behind him. Um, certainly next year there's a financial component to this. If he if he gets to the $20 million a year, it would, it would certainly be a lot less this season. Um, but more than that, I, I just think that he realized that, you know, It could be six games. The NFL, I think the NFL is is sort of trying to keep the focus back on the field as well. I mean, look, they've had, you know, tons of news like this. It it ends up bad for the player, bad for for the NFL. They go to court, there's stays, there's week-to-week, you know, rehashing of the situation. Um, And so I think the league, you know, wanted, uh, had an opportunity to try to reach a sort of a, a, you know, a negotiation, a settlement. And I think that's what they did. Now, a couple things about it is that, um, and we talked about this, I think last week or, or, or so, but, uh, you know, I, I think the league was very adamant about how, yes, they, they believed that, um, the Uber driver story was consistent and, and that there was, you know, that it was credible and that he, they said, in, they said, in fact, that, you know, that he did this, he touched her inappropriately, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and in Jameis's apology, which let's start there, there was an apology to the Uber driver but it was it was not specific right it was it, as she, as her statement said she felt it left a little to, uh, you know needed a little work and that is because he didn't specifically apologize or admit to doing any you know specific act although he did he did seem to indicate that uh, uh, that alcohol you know played some kind of factor because now he's taken that out of his life so there there was a there was a lot of details and a lot of nuance to that but yeah, sort of the uh, I I thought it was sort of split. I mean, I I know we did probably polls with this with the Tampa Bay Times, and I don't want to quote them, but um, but I think disappointment is is probably the strongest you know emotion from whatever side of the fence you're on, and um, you know, and and we'll see what impact it has now as we are getting also close to uh, to training camp, and and the reality that you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like, he's going to be the quarterback
1: for the Buccaneers the first 3 games. Do you think he's going to be the quarterback or do you think they bring someone else in? <laughs> well, and, 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 it's a great question. I ask, I ask that because if you're Dirk Cutter and Jason Light, you may be this may be your time with the Tampa Bay on the line this season. And now you're starting yeah. quarterbacks out for 3 games. Are you confident Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you the best opportunity or do you think there's somebody else out there who might?
0: Well, I don't think this is a big surprise to the Bucks that he got suspended. So what I would say about it is they had an opportunity to draft a quarterback if they wanted to, although that would not necessarily be the guy that you would you would play um, in, in, in Jameis' absence. They also had free agency, and and they did nothing there except to re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. In fact, they did that fairly quickly. Um, so they, they have Ryan Griffin, who I know they like very much, but for whatever reason in four years he's never played a snap in a regular season game. Um, now, does this change their thinking when they've sort of known all along that this was probably the reality? It's it's three games, not six. If it had been six, I think maybe you'd be inclined to do that. I know a lot of people have written about, hey, make a trade for Teddy Bridgewater, right? But then you're giving up more assets in terms of draft picks, um, uh, and then, and then he's a young quarterback, right? I mean, he's a guy that um, that is looking to start somewhere himself. Um, so so those those are all not easy questions. I guess I would just say that that again, this, this couldn't have caught them by surprise and they've pretty much settled on going this route. So I don't know what would, what would change that unless maybe, you know, Fitzpatrick were to struggle or certainly get hurt. I mean, obviously it, you know, you could, you could have a guy, but what, what type of guy, you know what I mean? Cause when Jameis comes back, I fully expect him to be the starter unless, you know, Fitzpatrick is three and oh or two and one or something like that. Um, but, uh, but I I don't know the answer to it, but my guess is that it's sort of a tell has been that they have they have held steady with the knowledge that Jameis could be suspended. Of
1: course, they could always wait to see who's cut in training camp. Yes. And if someone comes absolutely. available at that point instead of making a deal now. That's correct.
0: You could. Uh, although you'd want that guy sort of in your system early, I would think. But again, you know, look, last year, uh, for example, Ryan Griffin, I thought in the beginning, early of the preseason, was out playing Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Griffin got hurt in preseason at the first preseason game. Now, if that happens again, you have to get a veteran in here. You have to have somebody that can go in play and hopefully win because, you know, Fitzpatrick's 35 years old, um, you know, any quarterback in any play can go down and you just can't not have someone to go to. So, um, you know, a lot will depend on health and and sort of performance. And um, but, yeah, if if something were to happen in the preseason or in training camp, I, I, would, I know they have a list. You always have to have a list of people that you, uh, that, that you would be willing to do. But as far as, like, trading for somebody like a Teddy Bridgewater, somebody of that ilk, eh, I, I don't really see it. And, I, and the people hauling for Kaepernick, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that ship has sailed for all the 32 teams
1: at this point. So, Rick, while you were gone, the Rays hosted the Yankees, Nationals, and Astros. How do you think they did in the, that week and a half series? <laughs>
0: they were smoking hot.
1: Man. Eight and one I... gave up two more than two runs once, and they won that game seven to six over the Yankees. The only loss was a one nothing shutout. They beat Verlander. They beat Cole. They beat Morton. Uh, they beat Gio Gonzalez. They beat Scherzer. Listen, I
0: I'm so impressed with what they were able to do in that in that homestand against those teams. And you had talked about this weeks ago about this. Brutal stretch, you know, that they had starting with the road trip that they didn't play very well on, and then to come home and have an eight and one homestand against those teams. I mean, you got the the team with the best record in baseball, the defending world champions, are, are what was you know expected to be a really good Washington Nationals team. Um, you know, all those and, and and to pitches, the story of the year to me, Steve, and people have written about it, and I know it was done out of necessity with the Rays. But their pitching has been phenomenal. It's been the best in baseball from an ERA standpoint since like about the middle, since they started this whole bullpen thing. And this is without you, Chris
1: Archer. Right. In that time, without Brent Honeywell, Anthony Bonda, Jose De Leon, that you expected to have it, Jake Faria. Jake Faria. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, they, they're, they've been down to two starters, and one of them wasn't even counted on when the season began. He was coming off uh, elbow surgery. Yeah, so it,
1: it, it, I mean that homestand was was incredible, and of course, then they go to Miami. Uh, Ugh. And Monday night, and speaking of Miami, before we get to that, they were up nine nothing today over the Nationals and lost. I saw that fourteen to twelve. <laughs> I saw that up nine nothing and lost. But so they go to Miami, the offense kind of fails, and they go to extra innings. I mean, the pitching gave up two runs in nine innings. You get you right. lost in extra innings three to two. What a crazy game Tuesday night. I don't know how much you got to see. Innings. Well, that doesn't that's not that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. They were up for nothing, right? They game? were up for nothing. They pulled Yarbrough in the 4th for a Pinch hitter CJ Crone with two on and nobody out trying to pile on because you just kind of felt even the way the pitching was going they, they weren't the four runs wasn't going to be enough to win it. And National League rules yeah. so your pitcher hits. Correct. So they pulled him for CJ Crone. I didn't I didn't mind pulling Yarborough at that point. Because I didn't mm-hmm. think he was pitching that great, but I th- would have liked to have seen somebody who was putting the ball in play because that pitcher was giving up hits all over the place. Put the ball in play and move the runners instead of trying to find a guy who can run into one there. But yeah. that didn't work. Malik Smith then gets benched because he missed, he missed a sign, sign at first again. And yeah. it's not the first time. So he gets I, it benched. It can't be. No, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it wasn't.
0: And, and Cash said that. Yeah, um, that has to be a, a thing. Because you don't bench a guy for missing one right.
1: sign. So then you know, game goes to extra innings. Vidal Nuno pitches two innings. But he gets two hits, including getting thrown out at second trying to stretch a single into a double, but then hurts himself <laughs> on the second hit running to first, which now he's Look, on the disabled geez. list. That's he's why in. you don't want pitchers yeah. to hit right there. Yeah. You're up five runs in the 16th inning, and you let Jose Sucre pitch, hoping not to pitch Alvarado to save him for the next day. Sucre then loads the bases, and you have to bring Alvarado in. By the way, this is the third time Sucre's pitched in his career. It was not. I was assuming it was probably his first, but it's actually his third. It was a crazy game. The Rays ended up winning nine to six in sixteen innings. It goes five hours and forty five minutes, the longest road game ever for the Rays in their history at sixteen innings Mm. and five forty five. Just absolutely crazy. And then they get shut out the next day after. I don't think they had anything left in the tank, and they brought two new pitchers up. uh, Sent a lot of guys too. But goes on the disabled. Yeah, several of the players who played all sixteen innings uh, sat down um so you didn't play them and you lost three nothing so off day today for the rays they're in new york tomorrow against the struggling Mets. so you hope that at least take two of three be nice if you could sweep them get back on the plus side of 500
0: i did see carlos gomez uh uh, swung pretty hard at a uh, water cooler
1: uh yes he did um yeah and it was uh you know all the rays kind of stayed away from him there that was kind of interesting
0: i i you got to believe that Gomez's days are not. Let, let's talk about. I mean, you mentioned uh, in, in the open there. Um, you have several players. I mean, Gomez for a different reason, right? He's just not been productive. Um, at some point, you know, is is he worth the trouble and the expense? Um, and then and then Wilson Ramos, who's an all star, going to be the all star catcher, um, is is done after this year. They could save some money and get some prospects back for him. So you almost feel like, and Mark Tompkins has written about this, that it's it's fait accompli. He will be traded. Uh, and then and then Mark dropped sort of a, I don't know, what do you call it, a uh, little little clue or, or a, a teaser in there and said, what about Chris Archer?
1: Well, I mean, at some point everyone believes Chris Archer will be traded. Now, he's got to be healthy first, and he made a rehab start. He might be activated Monday, they right. said. It'll be a limited pitch count, 65 to 75 pitches if he is. Uh, but, you know, that's the deal. The Archer deal, if you make that deal, is going to be where you try to get prospects back. That's where you're going to, you're going to get a bigger haul than for Wilson Ramos, who's a half-year rental. Mm-hmm. Or Carlos Gomez, who's the same thing, uh, if he were to be traded. Uh, Edenia Echevarria, same thing. He's a half-year rental. You know, you'll get something back, but you're not going to get the haul you could get for Chris Archer, who still has a fairly team-friendly contract. And, you know, is a pitcher that, except for this year, generally eats 200 innings. And this year it's not arm problems that's causing it either. So it's a core muscle-body mm-hmm. issue. So, you know, that's not one you think is going to keep popping up over and over again.
0: Was Topkin uh, alluding to the fact that if they did trade Archer, that uh, if Ramos goes, they'll, they'll need a catcher?
1: Well, that, uh, that's the biggest thing in the system is that you don't really have another catcher. Uh, you know, you traded Kirk Casale to the Reds earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Shufo I don't think is ready yet for, for the the. The big time stage yet here, you know, in the major leagues yet. Um, You've got another catcher, and I don't remember his name, down in in single A ball, who's you know a few years away still. But this, the, the Rays do not really have a lot of good catching prospects in their system, and they need to get one back. You would think if they're going to trade Chris Archer, that's going to be one of the requirements they want back as a catcher.
0: Yeah, and, and this is the this is where the Rays always live, right? They 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 show progress on the field, you know, the eight and one homestand, and of course their all star catcher is Wilson Ramos, but they don't have the kind of money um, to wrap him up and extend him for any long yeah. period. He's going to get a big payday, so it's not going to be from the Rays, and that that leads us to I guess there's a you know an unveiling of the stadium, um, which is supposed to happen uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday of next week, so. Yeah. You know this is, and there's not going to be you know financial uh, discussions about who's putting in what money and where they're getting the funding. But uh, this is the sort of reason why I know if you're a Rays fan, it's very difficult because you see, uh, you know, they, they get Ramos off off the scrap heap. He's injured. Um, he he misses out on what should have been uh, a really uh, big free agency, and so he signs here. They get him healthy. Uh, kind of struggles last year. Now that he's healthy, comes back. He's he's great. He's Wilson Ramos again. They start winning, and then boom. You've got to lose Wilson Ramos. Ironically, he may end up back with the Nationals who need, who need starting catching.
1: And one more note on that, too, as Mark Topkin pointed out in today's paper or Thursday's paper, the one thing about Ramos compared to Alex Cobb last year, who they kept Alex Cobb, let him go to free agency, and then they got a draft pick in compensation because they made a qualifying offer, which was one year at sixteen to $18 million, whatever it was for, for last year, qualifying offer. Right. They were confident Alex Cobb would not take that offer. That he mm-hmm. was looking for a four, five, six-year deal. If you keep Wilson Ramos, in order to get compensation back at the end of the year, you have to make a qualifying offer. Well, Ramos may take a one-year eighteen million-dollar deal, right? Because I mean, he may get ten to twelve million a year on a three-year, four-year deal, or he might just take the eighteen mil for one year and then be a free agent after another year. A year after that. So yeah. that's a risk with the with the Rays if you keep him and you're mm-hmm. expecting to get compensation at the end of the year. You only get compensation if you make a qualifying offer and the player signs elsewhere, and the qualifying offer right. is one year, and it's set based on the salaries in baseball and average for that position. Or there's a complicated formula for it, so I don't know the 100% details. But that yeah. is a risk if you keep Ramos and you think, well, we'll still get a draft pick compensation. Not necessarily if he takes the qualifying offer. Then you've got him for one year for $18 million. I mean, it's probably a lot more than you want to spend on your catcher next year.
0: And the bottom line is that you know they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, for as you know, being around five hundred as many times as they have been, there's still fifteen games out of first place in the AL East and ten games out of the second wild card. So, um, you know, what are you what are you actually retaining him for? You know, they're they're not there yet as a team, but um, you know, still some action that's that's likely to happen here um, before they get to the trade deadline. And this Speaking weekend, of- he should
1: be announced as an All Star starter. Yeah, the starter that, that which wraps is up. Great. That wraps up. I think the voting wraps up on today, on Friday, at midnight yeah. or eleven fifty nine p.m. And then I think Sunday's the announcement of the all star starter. So he should be named the starter. His wide, his lead keeps widening in the catcher's race mm-hmm. every time they put an update out. So
0: and Blake Snell, uh, what can you say about him? I mean, the guy's just oh, I,
1: there's no way he's not an all star as well. Right? No, he's uh, definitely. I, I don't be think that. any other Rays make it uh, at first. Um, if, if there's some injuries but potentially Mm -hmm. a Matt Duffy gets in or somebody like that. I don't think he'll get in on just the roster of starters and and backups, but if there's some injuries at third base, then, you know, he might slide in.
0: Right. And finally, the Lightning, they've been in a hot pursuit of of a couple guys now, but the latest looks like uh, the Senators Eric Carlson is a name that, of course, we've heard it seems like for a year now. Um, But there were reports, at least as
1: late as Thursday night, that this
0: thing might actually be happening with the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Sean Simpson, a host on TSN 1200 in Ottawa, is reporting that the deal is done as of uh, we're at uh, 1030 p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. He is reporting that Eric Carlson to Tampa is a done deal pending a call with the league office. Now, as the day has built up, there's been talks that this trade was getting close. Then there's talk that there's a third team actually involved. Right. Um, not sure who. Rangers, although there, there has been talk of Ryan Callahan to the Rangers as mm-hmm. part of this, and it's all about making the salaries work. Um, Eric Carlson's right. on the final year of his deal, and he he has been given permission to to talk to teams and negotiate a, a contract for beyond this year. Not sure if mm-hmm. the light. It, there's no report whether the Lightning have done that or have a deal with him, but. Mm-hmm. Sean Simpson of TSN and Ottawa, as we're taping this at ten thirty on, on Thursday night, is reporting that deal is done, but nobody else has any particulars. There was an article in the Ottawa Sun earlier today that said that they heard the deal was it was going to be to the Lightning. Said he didn't know anything, but he mentioned Brayden Point and Mikhail Sergachev as possibilities in this trade.
0: I don't yeah, see Brayden Point, see...
1: Point going anywhere. Sergachev, possibly, only because you're getting another defensive back, defenseman back. Right. Um, I, I, but he, he was just throwing names out there. It wasn't that he knew anything, because he, the, the head of the article said, "Look, I don't know who they're getting back in return, but here's a couple pieces that could be involved."
0: Right, not knowing who they would trade, uh, you know, to the senators, um, but just, just looking at their team as it is, I know Tom Jones wrote a column when I was gone saying, "Hey, if they do nothing, this team is is poised to to make another run at the Stanley Cup," which I suppose is true. Um, but what would Eric Carlson do? Uh, how much would he would could he be the guy that
1: pushes them over the top? Well, look. Uh, so Strawman and McDonough were your shut down pair at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Now you put Carlson and Hedman together potentially, mm-hmm. and those are your top. Four. Now you have four legit top four defensemen. So now Sergeyev, Coburn, and Girardi are fighting for five and six on your team. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. And and Girardi really needs to be at a five at six at this point in his career. He's a solid defenseman, but he doesn't need the minutes that a top four is going to eat. Braden Coburn, kind of the same thing. You like that. And Sergachev, you know, assuming he's now assuming one of these defensemen isn't in this trade and going out because sure. you know, you're it right. could one. be one for one. So, yeah. you know, at that point, and then Slater Cuckoo's still there, which you just resigned right. as a restricted free agent. So your blue line now, you have four legit top four with Carlson, Hedman, McDonough, and Strawman. That's, that. I mean, you know, Toronto adding Tavares and their offense is, is going to be, you know, they have so much center depth, um, right. top-line center depth there. But now you've got four legit top-four defensemen. I mean, you remember when the, the Lightning played the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup three years ago? Sure. Now? You know, sure. they had, they had, what, Jalmerson, Oduya, uh, Seabrook, and I'm missing the other one off the top of my head. But they had four defensemen that were eating almost all the minutes in that Stanley Cup. And it really stifled the Lightning, you know, especially after the first couple games. And the Blackhawks won the last three games in the series, if you remember. The first time the Lightning had lost three games that whole season in a row. But when you have four legit top four, that's tough on an offense. Because they're yeah, gonna be on the ice most you have of the time.
0: A young goaltender and Andre Vesleski, too, who's only gonna get better and better. So um, they had, look. The Lightning have, have had, even though they didn't score in the last two games of their Eastern Conference final, uh, but they they've had the offense has not been the issue, um, and not that the defense was last year at times maybe, but um, that that would seem to be you know sort of the side of the ice that uh, they'd want to address. So yeah, a player like Carlson might be that guy that uh, Isomman really wants, and and again, it's all about creating salary cap room because they're going to have to uh, have to do
1: something. Well, that's the other um, question is, who are you giving space. up for this trade? I mean, you have sure. to assume none of those top four. You know, if, you, if a Girardi or a Coburn go out in this and they only have one year left on their deal, so a team may be willing to take them on for a year, um, you're probably giving up a prospect too. But the other part of this too is – you know, in this trade is you're only guaranteed Carlson for one year in this unless one you've already year. negotiated a contract. So while everyone thinks that, been able while everyone thinks it's supposed to be, you know, three big prospects and, and a bunch of other stuff for this. It's you know, you're talking a guy for now, he's an elite defenseman for one year. He's not mm. on, on you know, and it's a friendly price for this year. But it you know, it, you know, unlike, you know, when you, you traded for Miller and McDonough, you had a year and a half on both of them. Yeah. Essentially, because I mean, Miller was a restricted free agent this year. So essentially you had him for another year and McDonough, you still had signed through this season. So you were willing to give up a little more for that. So it'll be it'll be interesting what the haul back is, although there's a lot of teams interested in Carlson. So that drives the price up some, too. So.
0: Well, and they've been successful in the past with Callahan and in, in getting guys on trades and then resigning them to longer term deals. So this might be one of those situations where you know Carlson would be would be happy with this organization. Maybe they can make it work. From a salary cap, cap standpoint, so um, Stevie, Y, man, always uh, always pushing the button. If he gets Carlson, get that,
1: that could be uh, that could be the move that really puts them over the top. You know, because yeah. we, we all know this year defense was the the issue with the team. Is that that leaked especially in the second half of the season? Um, although they weren't they weren't awful, but you know it really helped. And and you know when you have four elite defensemen like that on your penalty kill too, which that was a problem Absolutely. this season. They finished twenty eighth or 29th in the league in the penalty kill. So, right. That can only get better when you add a guy like Carlson on your blue line as well. Absolutely.
0: So, big weekend ahead. The Rays, of course, uh, head to New York. They're going to take on the Mets and that pitching staff, which will be uh, a challenge for them. Uh, We've got uh, NASCARs in Daytona for the weekend. Big column you want to check out on TampaBay.com. Tom Jones writes about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. in the booth now, starting his career as a broadcaster. Says he wants to do it for like 10 or maybe even 20 years, something like that. I think it's uh, pretty interesting. He's very serious uh, about that and staying around, of course, the uh, the NASCAR game, even though he's not a driver. Um, so uh, we'll have uh, have lots to talk about coming up on Monday. I am back. I am back. I'm glad to be back. You guys did a great job. I hope you enjoyed um, sort of the interviews we did uh, with Andy Freed. Man, he was sensational. Of course, Booker McFarlane. Um, we'll have uh, more to talk about that as next week uh, comes along, too. And uh, my, my thanks To you, Steve, for holding it down and Tom Jones and and, and just the cast of thousands. It takes uh, really not that many, just basically you, uh, to put on this podcast. Um, But, uh, what we do appreciate it. Make sure you go see our friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. I'm telling you, folks. Get that cruise. You have to go. I mean, think about it. If you listen to this podcast, and I know you are, all you have to do is say, I listen to uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay and Rick and Steve, and – I want to buy you know, my girlfriend, my wife, whatever, a $2,000 gift, and I get a free cruise for five days, four nights. You pick the cruise line and the Caribbean destination. How much better is it than that? So make sure you go in there and see my friend Andy. He's going to hook you up. You won't be disappointed. We appreciate you guys uh, listening and always interacting with us. You can do that on Twitter. You can always reach us at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstrout at bay.com. As always, I hope you enjoy the interviews. You can rate, review this podcast. Steve, you can get this podcast anywhere.
1: Yeah, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Anywhere you get it, just hit the subscribe button. It'll download to your mobile device or computer every day automatically. That way you can listen to it anytime you want, no matter what internet connectivity you have at that time. That way it's downloaded on Wi-Fi instead of uh, over the cellular so you don't eat your minutes up. And, you could, so, and if you like it, uh, you know, uh, like the post or leave comments there. That always helps. And tell a friend. That would help us out a lot, too.
0: Yeah, and let us know what you think, what you like about this podcast, what we could do more of, what you think we don't do enough of. Uh, always welcome your feedback. So my thanks uh, to Steve Versnick, who uh, co hosts produces, does everything for this podcast. Uh, while I was on vacation, I am back now. And um, we hope to. Uh, you have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday.